Thanks for downloading this week's podcast from Crossroads. We are glad you took the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can find out more information at our website, hope at crossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends. Let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Videos of our messages are also online at hope at crossroads.org. And now, Here's this week's podcast. Matthew 18, 1 through 5. At the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called to he got a little child to him and placed the child among him. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like the little children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. If you have your Bibles, if you'll open up to Matthew chapter 18, where Ellis just read from. And uh, we will get started, Matthew chapter 18. Before we do that, though, I, uh, I think I've shared with you as a church family before, uh, in worship, uh, and I know we're Baptists, it's okay. It's okay to raise your hand, because that's a sign of surrender. But you know, what, what we're going to talk about today, it's also a sign of something else. And uh, Grandpa, is it going to be Grandpa or Paul Paul or what are the... You, Papa. Okay, Papa. All right. They're going to call Joey Papa. Papa. Whatever you'll come running to. I know. I understand. You know, when you, uh, when you, uh, some of you, uh, maybe you're an aunt, uncle, you don't have kids of your own, but we all know kids when they run to their father or their mother and they do this. So would you stand with me? Let's stand together for a second. We're going to pray again. Maybe this morning, and I would be one of those, as we're praying, you just need to do this to the Lord. If you do, feel free to do that. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You're our daddy. We cry out to you. Lord, I know that there are some friends in this room today who are hurting. Some who are maybe joyful, some who are happy. Some who need the strength of their daddy, their heavenly father, to pick them up. So I pray, Lord, as we figuratively, symbolically raise our hands, that this morning you would pick us up. You would pull us close. You would remind us, oh God, that you love us with an unconditional, extreme, extravagant, unfathomable, incomprehensible love. So love on us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. I love this passage of Scripture. This week and for the next couple, we're kind of doing pastor picks when it comes to the messages, and then we'll enter a four-week series on parables. 
And uh, this summer, we're going to be jumping into the book of James. But I, I love this passage that uh, Ellis read for us. I love to see God move in the hearts of children and young people and to see Cohen uh, baptized. You know, one of the things about growing older and uh, becoming an older adult is that sometimes you forget what it was like to be a child. And there are some great things about being a child. There are some great things about being a young person. And I'm glad that our church puts a, a hefty importance on uh, being a child. And we support our children in student ministries uh, because being a child is important. I, I was kind of digging through some, some quotes I found over the years that children have said to kind of set the stage this morning. I thought I would share some of these with you. This is from Elijah. He's five. He says, when I get older... I'm going to do some more exercise like jogging. But do you mind if I borrow your car? Sometimes my legs get tired. (laughs) Simon was seven and when they asked him, he said, I don't want to get married when I grow up because I don't want to take care of running around kids. It's a lot of hard work. Besides, Jonas and me will be too busy making Minecraft videos. Here's a Landon. He was four. He said, to his mom, can I have a new mommy? You say no too much. (laughs) Elisa was three. She says, daddy works to make me money to buy me toys. Samuel 11 says, my dad will never be color coordinated. Uh, Talon was five. He said, mom, the band-aids don't fit anymore because my muscles are too big. And then here's a 12-year-old teenager. When your mother is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, it's best not to answer her. <laughs> I remember asking some crazy questions as a, as a parent. And uh, even before I had kids, being a, being a parent to some other kids. This morning we're going to look at what Jesus uh, said to his disciples When they come up to him, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, they come up to him and they said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Now, you'll know through our study of Mark, and Matthew's gospel kind of runs parallel here, that this passage of scripture, this story happens after the transfiguration, after they've seen Jesus do all these miracles, after Peter has denied Jesus, After they gathered around together and Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And they had this conversation. All of those conversations have happened and yet the disciples come to Jesus and they say, who's going to be the greatest in heaven? There's hope for you and there's hope for me because the disciples were still asking the wrong questions after having seen and walked with Jesus. And they asked him, who is going to be the greatest? I started thinking about that question. The greatest. What, what comes to your mind when you think of great things? Maybe it's a sports team. Maybe it's an individual. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a businessman. Maybe it's somebody who's talking about all these crazy inventions with new technology and new cars. Several names come to my mind. Maybe, again, it's a coach. I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of great things, But what came to mind when the disciples were hanging out with Jesus was who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And no doubt they were thinking, it's me, right? 
It's me, Jesus. It's one of us, right? It's probably me. It's probably me. Quite, quite a, a prideful attitude, but nonetheless, they were thinking maybe with a wrong concept. And I think one of the things that I would challenge us, challenge me, as a Christ follower today, when we think about faith as a child, I, I believe, church family, that God is getting ready to call us as if He hasn't enough over the last 14 months. But He's getting ready to call all of us to go into deeper faith and deeper trust with Him. If we're going to follow Him into those deeper waters that Vicky sung about, we're going to have to trust Him like we've never trusted Him before. And for some of us as adults, that means turning our back perhaps somewhat on logic and an adult mindset and thinking like a child. So it's interesting that Jesus has this conversation. What did the disciples think was great? Well, by asking the question, maybe they were thinking about uh, power and prestige and qualifications and what somebody can bring to the table. That's what they perhaps were thinking about what was great. Maybe they were comparing themselves to one another. Well, wow, Peter denied you, Jesus, so that puts me in front of him. I must be a little bit greater than he is. Maybe they were doing all these mind games. I don't know if you do that or not. I do that sometimes, unfortunately. And we compare ourselves with other people to determine how great we are. That's not the standard. There's only one standard. His name is Jesus. I look at what's going on in our world and I see a lot of confusion about what's great. There's a lot of opinion, a lot of political opinion about what's great. And uh, some of it, quite honestly, makes you kind of scratch your head and go, how in the world could they think that's a good idea or a great idea? And I think it starts with getting off course and the wrong mindset about what things are great. There's an old song that you may or may not know uh, that was recorded. I think Heath and I were talking about this some months ago by a group called Truth. And the song is called Living Life Upside Down. Now look at what's happening in our world and the things that we call great. And this week this song just kept coming to mind over and over and over again. Listen to some of these lyrics. John has a new way of looking at life. He's tired of his job, his kids, and his wife. Says the secret to success is in leaving and finding himself. Now he's someone to somebody else. You say we've risen to a new age of truth. You're calling it a spiritual godly pursuit. But I say, what if we've fallen to the bottom of a well? Thinking we've risen to the top of a mountain. What if we're knocking at the gates of hell, thinking that we're heaven-bound? And what if we spend our lives thinking of ourselves when we should have been thinking of each other? What if we reach up and touch the ground to find we've been living life upside down? We've got a program for saving the earth while unborn children are denied their right to birth. One baby's blessed and others cursed. Have we made this world better or worse? Now the life of a tree comes first. You say we've risen to a new age of light. You're telling me what used to be wrong is now right. But I say, what if we've fallen to the bottom of a well, thinking we've risen to the top of a mountain? What if we're knocking at the gates of hell, thinking that we're heaven-bound? What if we spend our lives thinking of ourselves, 
When we should have been thinking of each other, what if we reach up and touch the ground to find we've been living life upside down? I was listening to that song this week just thinking, wow, that doesn't describe where we are as a culture. Jesus is trying to get the disciples' attention here by helping them realize, guys, you're, you're focused on the wrong things. What you think is great is not what Jesus thinks is great. So what does Jesus think is great? Well, I'm glad you asked because he calls a child over. And he says in verse 2, he calls his child over to himself and sets this child. I don't know if this happened or not, but in my imagination, I imagine Jesus kind of sat down maybe on a log or a rock and he sat the child on his knee and he sat the child down and he says to the disciples, truly I say to you, unless you're converted, changed, Turn, some versions say, and become like a child. You shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So let's stop right there and just look at that verse for just a minute. There's some powerful words in that one verse. Truly I say to you, truly. Anytime Jesus says the word truly, it's like red flag, attention. Truly I say, what I'm getting ready to say is important. And he says, unless you change turn and become like children, he uses another powerful word. You'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Doesn't say you might. Doesn't say there's a 50-50 shot. It says you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven unless you turn and you are like this child. So what what is he saying? There are a lot of things I think of when I think about children. Most people would say in our culture, a child is not great by any standards. They're completely dependent. They have uh, no influence. They're physically weaker than an adult. They can't make money. (laughs) They have no abilities, no authority, no power. So what do they have? What does a child have? Well, I started thinking about what children have. Children know how to be dependent upon their heavenly father, or their, their physical father, their physical parents. They know how to be dependent. They, all they really know how to do is to run to them with their hands outstretched. To be dependent, to delight. I remember when I, uh, first few years of Lynette and I being married, you guys have heard this before, I traveled a lot, way too much. But I remember the best part about traveling was heading to the house. And if I was within six hours of being home, whenever I got through with whatever ministry event it was, I was going to the house. There was no staying at wherever the city was. And another night in a hotel, it was like, I am going home. And it was pedal to the metal. And when I got home, the best part about getting home was the kids running down the hall and getting those hugs. Okay, yes, and a hug and maybe a kiss from Lynette. That was good, too. But that was awesome, is to watch them run and to run to their dad. And I I, want to become like that. I want to be like a child, a child that has a growing sense that God is special and real. You know, children tend to have this literal concept of of God. They actually believe there is a God. Maybe they kind of picture God up in heaven like a grandfather who lives there, but they readily accept what you say about God. And they sense that God loves them. And they enjoy hearing Bible stories about God being repeated and repeated, and repeated, and repeated. 
remember telling some of uh, Will and Lauren stories when they would go to bed at night trying to get them to go to sleep and read it again, read it again, read it again, read it again. This attitude of trust and love that they have is pretty powerful. So I think there's some things that Jesus is trying to get at at the core of who we're supposed to be as Christ followers in 2021 to have faith like a child. What does that look like? Well, here's the first thing he says. Number one, we have to change. He says, unless you're converted or you change or you turn, some translations say, you can't have childlike faith. You have to change. You have to turn. This is really the gospel. This is really the heart of the gospel message. Because God created us as man to delight in him, but each of us rejected that purpose for which we were created. And that's why Jesus had to come down on the cross. That's why we just celebrated Easter. We don't celebrate Easter just to once a day have a holiday. We celebrate Easter because the fact of the matter is what happened on the cross and eventually the resurrection is what empowers us, what sets us free to have a relationship with a heavenly father and to be his child. To delight in the things that he commands us to do and to fulfill our purpose and to rejoice in who he is. Actually to rejoice in the greatness of God, not our greatness. Because we're not great. One day, the same Jesus who died and who was resurrected and who ascended to heaven will come back to claim us and to take us to live in heaven. And in heaven there will be no discussion of who is the greatest. Because there will only be one that is the greatest, Jesus himself, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we will see that greatness in all of its glory for what it really is. So to have childlike faith, we have to change, we have to turn, we have to become little children. Well, how in the world do you do that? Great question. How do you and I become like children? We have to allow the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives to help us get that deeper kind of faith that Jesus desires for us to have. So who then is the greatest? Well, of course, Jesus is the greatest. We know that. He's the greatest of all time. He is the one who overcame and conquered death. But there's another thing that Jesus goes on to say in this verse. Not only should we be converted and become like little children... But he says in verse 4, we have to humble ourselves as this child. So the second thing we have to do is to take a lowly position. He says, whoever takes this lowly position, some translations, New American Standard says, humbles himself before me, or as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we have to take the lowly position. You may be here today and you may feel like, wow, you know, Jack, I'm not really even worthy to be a part of this church. I'm not really worthy to be a Christian. If you knew all the things that I've done, if you knew all the bad things in my life that I've done, I'm so filthy, I'm so sinful, God will never accept me. Let me tell you this. You are closer to the kingdom of heaven than perhaps someone who came in here today thinking, I'm here, and I got it all together, and I'm here, look at me. According to the Scripture... If you're someone who feels like you're unwanted or you're unworthy, you're closer to the kingdom of God than maybe someone who maybe is in this service every single Sunday and is leaning on their own self-righteousness because none of us are worthy. None of us are righteous. 
Because the essential criteria, one of the essential criteria that Jesus is laying out here, if you want to have faith as a child, is humility. Boy, do we need that in 2021. That's a word you don't hear a lot about, humility. Humility means putting the needs of someone else above yourself. And it's interesting how Jesus answers the question. Let's back up to verse 1. Because the disciples come to him and they say, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus doesn't respond and say, That's the wrong question to be asking. He doesn't say, You shouldn't be wanting to be great. Ambition's not a bad thing. Wanting to be great in the kingdom of heaven is not a bad thing. That's not the question they were asking. They asked, Who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Not, how will I be great in the kingdom of heaven? Isn't it interesting, sometimes Jesus answers a question that wasn't asked. Because he's like, you're asking the wrong question. I'm going to answer the question you should have asked, which is, how? Not, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but how do I be great in the kingdom of heaven? So ambition's not a great thing. If, it, if ambition was a, was a bad thing, then Jesus would have said, hey, it's wrong for you to aim to be the greatest in the kingdom. He didn't say that. He told them what it takes to be great in the kingdom, and it's humility. If you'll remember in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 9, the disciples asked Jesus a similar question, and Jesus answered by saying this, whoever is first will be last, and whoever is last will be first. He's talking about service. He's talking about servanthood and attitude. A great church. If we want to be a great church, Crossroads, one of the easiest steps to becoming a great church is humble service. When we as a people gather not to be served, but to serve. And that's one of the great things I love about this church. Because that's our heart. A great church is seen in humble service when God's people gather to be Serving, not to be served. So it's interesting because Jesus says, Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what's the implication? The implication then is that all of us who know Jesus and want to follow Jesus, when we humble ourselves and we move forward to serve him in humble service, guess what happens? We all become great. Everyone in the kingdom of heaven is the greatest. Doesn't mean we're like God, but we become like Him because everyone has the righteousness of Jesus Christ credited to our account. So Jesus is trying to say to them, here's how you become great. You accept my righteousness. You become as a little child. You humble yourself. You serve Everyone that is a child of God has a spirit of God dwelling in him. Every one of us who say that we're a follower of Jesus is perfected by God for his glory. So the implication is when we take that lowly position, when we humble ourselves, when we move forward with the attitude of serving, then we become great. All of us probably could identify people in our mind like that that you know, who are not about themselves who are always putting somebody else ahead of them. Those are truly the great people in the kingdom of God. So how else do we do this? What else does Jesus say to us that we have to do to have childlike faith? We have to change. We have to turn. We have to convert ourselves, convert our mind, if you will, 
allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in us. Number two, we have to take this lowly position. But he goes on to say in verse 5, one more very important thing. And this is what he says. Whoever receives one of these children in my name receives me. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. We have to welcome other children. We have to welcome other children. We have to become a child, be converted, be changed as a child, humble ourselves, and welcome other children. It's a spiritual process, really. What Jesus is trying to outline for the disciples here is the spiritual process of surrendering themselves afresh and anew to Jesus. And for us in 2021, the same thing. How do we welcome one child in the name of Jesus? Well, we do it this way. We do it actually every Sunday. Every Sunday at the end of the service... Myself or Heath or Joey, one of the pastors, will come down and say, if you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus, then you feel free to come up and take us by the hand or right there in the comfort of your seat, you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. What are we saying? We're saying, become like a child. Come in humility to Jesus and realize, I can't do this myself. One of the great obstacles... That I think we face in our culture and maybe even in church culture, especially in 2021. Is a lack of humility to run to Jesus and say, I need you. And I can't do it myself. And the great thing about children is, (laughs) they already know that. And they will unashamedly run. Now, I know when they get twos, threes, I know. Okay, I know. They get to me, my minds. I know that. That's me. That's mine. It's, I, I, you know, I know that. But for the most part, generally speaking, we could learn a lot from children. We've got to change. So here's a couple of questions for us this morning. Here's the first one. These won't be on the screen. These are just in my notes. But here's the first one. What... Do you need to change to become like a child? What area of your life, what area of my life, do I need to change and surrender and let go of to become more like a child? Some of us maybe are struggling in our homes, our jobs, our families, our marriages, our kids. And we've tried to do everything in our power and everything in our Control to fix it. I know this because I'm a dad and that is our DNA. To fix everything. And sometimes we have to let go and run to God and say, please help me, hold me, fix it. Because you're the only one that can. So what do we need to change? Second question I wrote down for Jack was... How are you doing in the area of humility? See, humility is a tricky thing. Because as soon as you think, well, I'm being humble. Oh, you just messed up. Because humility is admitting your need for Jesus. Humility is the opposite of pride. It's the opposite of what the disciples were asking, which is why Jesus put the spotlight on it. The disciples were asking, 
So who's going to be the greatest or who's the greatest? Prideful. And Jesus pulls up a child to remind them, no, humility. Peter said it this way, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that he will lift you up. So the question I ask myself is, how am I doing in the area of humility? And here's the last question. How am I doing at welcoming other children in the name of Jesus? Say, what in the world was Jesus talking about there? Jesus is talking about, again, what we talk about every week. Inviting other people who need to become children, who need to humble themselves to accept Jesus, God the Father, is their Abba Father. That's my responsibility, your responsibility as we go out in this world and as we have the opportunity to share Christ every day with people to humble ourselves and follow Jesus. So here's the question as we close this morning. Do you want to be great? I do. I do. I want to be great. I want to be great in God's eyes. I want to be seen as great and important in the kingdom of God, not so that I can be all prideful. But I want to be great in the kingdom of God so that I can welcome other people into the kingdom of God. But how do I do that? I have to humble myself. I have to change. And this morning, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe this is your first visit. Maybe this is your 500th visit and you've never humbled yourself and said I need you Jesus if you haven't this morning you're going to have an opportunity in just a minute to do that we're going to sing a song in just a moment and we're going to pray and if that's you this morning you need to respond maybe you already know the Lord and there's some area of your life where God is just saying you need to put that down and you need to lift up your arms and let me pick you up If that's you this morning, we've got some chairs up here. You can pray. You can pray from your seat. You can pray up here. I'd be happy to pray with you this morning. Would you stand with me and let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the opportunity that we have every day to be like children. And the truth of the matter is we're all your children if we know you. We're all your children. God, would you forgive me where so often I try to do things in my own strength. And you're standing there as our Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, with your arms wide open. And you're waiting for me just to run to you. And I'm like one of those two or three year old toddlers. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. No. Because there's pride in my heart. Lord, I pray for these friends in this room today. No doubt in a group this size, there are all kinds of things going on in our lives and in our hearts. And no way for me to know everyone, but you do. So I pray you'd have your way during this invitation. there's anyone in this room that needs to humble themselves and come to know you today, Lord, I pray would be their day of salvation that they would say yes to Jesus. Yes to God, their Heavenly Father who loves them. We give you this time. Pray that you'd move in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. If you need to respond this morning, I'll be here. I pray that you would just do what God lays on your heart today. If you want to become a part of this church family, you can come down front and let me know that as well this morning. I'm going to ask Heath, our student pastor and teaching pastor, to come join me. Let's sing a song of invitation today. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message from Crossroads. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. The last year has been one of chaos and confusion, and we know many have become isolated and lonely. You can get Pastor Jack's new book, The Loneliness Solution, Finding Meaningful Connection in a Disconnected World, a great resource that will help you or you can give to a friend who might be struggling. This resource is also available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week.